We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, probably a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and GSPN. Uh, I believe, yeah, we are live. I think there was an initial link to folks that didn't work. So I'm going to share a new link to listeners right now. Streaming services have been frustrating lately, but nobody listening to the audio cares. I am Ty Windish, one of your hosts, joined as always by the glowing, now that he's back in his element, Rohan Kadi. Rohan, good sir. How's it going? No, I'm doing well. I would be better if the Bucks like didn't just fall on their face in that fourth quarter and actually played. But you know what? I made a promise on the last pod. I said I'd have something up on my background, and I do now. So uh, for all the YouTube viewers, uh, I now have something of a background. I'm not as in purgatory as uh, John and a few others have said in the past. The purgatory comment is very, very funny. Uh, we are recording on Monday night, as you mentioned, right after the Bucks hold off the heat in a game that was way more exciting than it had any right to be, I believe. Milwaukee was up 20 in the fourth quarter. Is that right? And ended up winning 122-114. It was a six-point game with just a couple minutes left. Kind of a mix there, I think, of the Bucks. I think they got sluggish. I don't think they played totally unserious. I think we've certainly seen them cough up worse late-game de- worse late-game deficits than this. Miami, though, was red hot in that quarter off to pull up the shooting numbers and Really, a lot of the second half, I thought the Heat were just starting to nail shots. So a little bit of the Bucks perimeter defense slacking, a little bit of offensive stalling out, and then some just really strong Heat play. Rohan, what were your overall thoughts from the game? I thought it was a good showing after, I'm sure we'll get into it, after yesterday's showing on Sunday against the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, it was That was a concerning game. Again, it's one out of 82. doesn't really matter. But in the grand scheme of things, but it was uh, it was concerning to say the least about this Bucks team just not being able to find any sort of rhythm whatsoever. So it was good to see against uh, this Heat team on Monday night 
uh, them just sort of come out firing. They they seemed like they were humming along on offense. Again, there's going to be like hiccups here and there. It wasn't perfect, but it was a lot better than what we had seen. And we saw some fun defensive changes or compared to last year that were continuing uh, from the first two games this season. So it was just uh, it was a refreshing game to see. And I just wish they hadn't left a sour taste in our mouths with that fourth quarter. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I, I like what you said about the defense because I agree. I thought some of the defensive principles that, you know, fans hated after the Atlanta game, which did happen. We will talk about it a little bit. Of course, we'll talk about the Miami game more because it's more recent and better to talk about, quite frankly. Um, but I think some of those defensive principles that people, I mean, they didn't work as well against Atlanta for, I think, a lot of reasons. But I think we saw some much better evidence of how those can work in this victory for Milwaukee tonight. Um, just a really weird game overall. Just felt like there wasn't any flow for a lot of it. I do feel like officiating has made some of these games choppy. Uh, and this one was no exception. I think the Bucks did not feel like they got a ton of calls. They still ended up did getting 30 free throws. So it wasn't like there was some crazy, you know, conspiratorial advantage. But I think there's just been a little bit of a soft whistle early in the season. Especially, I feel like it's like, not even drives. It's like players strafing, going side to side, and the Bucks with their new physical style of defense are getting like just random calls on stuff like that, which is getting a team to the bonus, uh, which has certainly been a factor in some of these games. But still, the Bucks, despite not playing the best whatsoever, uh, pull this thing out. Of course, Rohan, we often go player by player. We will do Bucks stock market returns at the end of the pod, but. Where do you want to start on this? You know, start with a player, with with the schematic things you talked about. Where is your mind at as our Milwaukee Bucks sit at two and one? I think the most jarring thing, and jarring is probably not the right word considering uh, what we had expected going in, and especially compared to the playoff run last season, was Giannis was matched up on Jimmy Butler to start the game immediately. This comes after we saw him take uh, parts of the Joel Embiid matchup in the in their opening game against the Philadelphia 76ers. Something you and I have talked a lot about, Ty, in this offseason, especially after the Damian Lillard trade, is that Giannis is going to be free to do a lot more on the defensive end because his load is being lessened on the offensive end. Um, And we've seen it a little bit here in these first couple matchups. We saw him, like I just mentioned, take parts of the Joel Embiid matchup. And now he just starts off the game as Jimmy Butler's primary defender, which, uh, you know, not to just continue to uh, bring up old wounds for Bucks fans. Uh, he did that in their their sweep of the Miami Heat on their uh, run to their title back in 2021. Uh, he did not do that uh, last season uh, in their opening round matchup against the Miami Heat. Again, he was hurt for those but, uh, parts of that series, but my point still stands. There was a clear focus to make sure and say, hey, by the way, Giannis, you're guarding Jimmy Butler. And again, we should preface no bam at a bio in this matchup as well. Good old Idris was not there. But it was still good to see that Giannis was just like, yeah, I'm taking the Jimmy Butler matchup head on. And it paid off. Yeah, Jimmy shot four for 11. Um, I I thought this was interesting. Didn't play at all in the fourth quarter. Is this this part of a back-to-back for Miami? Uh, It's a three and four for them. Okay, so maybe that's why. But I mean, when when it got down to six and like some of those moments where it was really close in the fourth quarter... I know at one point, um, Marcus was pretty convinced that he was going to check in 
And then he just sat back down. And Marcus was kind of like, oh, uh, maybe not for that one. It, kind of a weird thing. but I unfortunately did not get to watch the Bally Sports Wisconsin oh, broadcast. Boy. Yeah. Uh, so it, we'll do stocks later. But Bally gets 15 down stocks. Yeah. Figure your stuff out. It's ridiculous. Well, you know. I had to watch an alternative method of watching uh, games. <laughs> yeah, I got to watch through Spectrum. Did you see my funny tweet about Marcus while we're talking about him? No, I didn't. So Lisa brings up Jaime Jaquez and I and Marcus, of course, is like, yeah, third generation Hooper. This this went to this high school. His sister was in the McDonald's All-American game. So I tweet Lisa mentions any California basketball player, any player who's ever stepped foot in California. Marcus, I know five generations of his family taught him to dribble when he was two years old. Marcus knows everyone who's ever been to California. I love I love Marcus Johnson, man, to be clear. Um, But yeah, I think the, the Giannis on Jimmy worked, I think. There weren't uh, – defensive-wise overall, it felt like when Brooke was going to chase someone, and I think one of the possessions where I noticed it the clearest was – and the Heat ended up getting a foul and two points out of this, but I don't think it was a bad defensive possession. Duncan Robinson coming off a screen. The Bucks defender doesn't get around the screen. Brooke goes to not let him shoot an open three because Duncan Robinson was killing the Bucks from three in this game, especially in that late second half. And Giannis and I forget who else crash down to make sure the rim isn't wide open. And then Brooks able to get back and everyone rotates back out. And that was the exact rotation that they were blowing against Atlanta. And I think Atlanta's bigs are just more athletic and more of a threat. But still, the idea of, oh, if as soon as Brooks starts to go, someone has to get to the rim. And when that someone is Giannis, you're not losing very much at the rim was on display. So I thought the defensive principles, while not perfect, and Miami got some open shots in this in the second half, I also thought they just drilled a bunch of shots. They made some off offensive rebounds. I thought the defense looked better overall, even even factoring for a lesser opponent. Although Tyler Hero was was on one for a lot of this game. You are muted. You're right. I am muted. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it was Tyler Hero versus the guy that he thought he was going to maybe get traded for in a weird situation where it's like, um, whatever he said, like he he was doing stuff with the tampering thing that Jimmy said, like, bro, you were going to be in the deal. Like, I just <laughs> I don't I don't understand what's happening. Uh, the heat. I was listening to the heat broadcast, which, by the way, is very good. I've heard it's good. Um, I've heard a couple of other people had to tune into it as well. And they, they had good things to say. Yeah, it's it's very it's it's a very good broadcast to listen to. I would yeah. recommend uh, if you're like watching, like doing like a league pass watch around just on a random day. Uh, tune into the heat broadcast. It's very informative. Very good. Uh, I think they had mentioned it was the it was the most points he's ever scored in Pfizer Forum as a, a like as an NBA player. Wow! Yeah, yeah. So it was the, what was how much did uh thirty five thirty five points? Um, but yeah, it was uh it was it was an outstanding performance from Tyler Hero to say the least. But yeah, just how many defensive. how many threes do you think he made? Do you have it up? I do have it up and I oh. I surprised only two, two for five. Felt like he drilled more, but he did a lot of work coming off screens and it was not a great defensive Malik Beasley game for you know who he, various you know who reasons. He reminded me of in this game. Hero? Yeah. No. Damar. Oh. He looked he looked like a little like a younger spry version of Demar who's going more for a shot than trying to get to the rim. Obviously not as explosive and not as much of a rim threat. Yeah. But like mid career, like Demar DeRozan, it, he kind of reminded me of that. And it was like, oh, that's cool. Like you know, I good see for him. it from play style. Yeah. 
but he, he was, was slinking. A lot. That was the yeah. verb. He was slinking around in the uh, in the interior of the Bucks defense. <laughs> slinking around. I like that. But yeah, he was operating a lot in the mid range, doing good stuff there. And that's something that's always plagued the Bucks in just the way they play defense. And that's particularly because they employed Brooke Lopez, who likes to play a nice drop uh, defensive scheme. So you're going to get killed with mid ranges. And uh, especially when Brooke Lopez is involved with the screen, uh, only when Brooke Lopez is involved with the screen nowadays. But you saw Tyler Hero recognize that and take advantage of that right away. And credit to him, he put on a masterful performance. He really did. Um, I kind of, I want to do a longer thing on coaching um, from from Monday's or Sunday's game to tonight's game. I, I saw, and we had some replies to our stock tweet as well about how does Griffin not get a down stock for for this game after getting an up stock for last game? They should they should have listened to the pod. We I know. explained it, Ty. Well, but we did. Well, obviously, we didn't do one after after yesterday's game. So I, know, I want to do an exp- I know that, but I, I know. But then, I know. But then why not down? We obviously we could have answered that in the pod. So I, I do. I want to do an explain the grade in this case the not grade stealing from PFF as I love to do on Griffin not getting a down stock yesterday. And as I kind of mentioned earlier, I think that the the failings against Atlanta. First, I thought the offense was worse than the defense, and I didn't think. I don't think Griffin coached Dame and, you know, the team to have all these turnovers, right? Like, I think that led to a lot of the Atlanta success on the other end of the court. But also, I don't think he coached to, you know, if Brooks going to be at the level or even above the level to just not have anyone rotate over. Like, I think there were just a lot of blown rotations. Whereas in this game, we saw Brooke able to move farther from the rim without the Bucks defense totally falling apart. There were still some moments where they just lost a guy who got to the rim. That's going to happen. This is what they're doing most of the time is a vastly different defense than the Bucks have run for the last five plus years. Really for the last five, it's more similar to what Jason Kidd would do. And I think that just like we gave Bud Grace when there were mistakes, when they were starting to switch two, three years ago, we're going to give Griffin uh, grace as the team gets used to this new defensive alignment, uh, so to speak. But I did think... I thought the closest that I was to giving the downstock for to Griffin for the Hawks game, some of the doubles were horrible. Like sending Pat from all the way across court against Trey Young, who's honestly like a much better passer than shooter, all things considered. If you look at his whole Nowadays, career, yeah. his whole career, he's not a effective. He he takes them. The highlights look great. You look at his three point percentage year over year; it's not really that strong. Um, I thought that was bad. I thought the doubles tonight were a lot more organic and effective. And I think in general, doubling has to – you can't see it coming. I think if you see it coming, it's not a very good double team. Um, but I, I thought that wasn't – that was like four possessions. I didn't think that was enough for the downstock. And I just think generally there it's been more bungled scheme than bad scheme to me. But I want I want your thoughts as the the smarter when it comes to schematics out of the two of us. Uh, first, I will say we did we did talk about – uh, coach grades on the pod tie where we mentioned that we're going to be taking uh, that was an anomaly by giving him a one uh, game up stock and say that we usually go based on trends for coaching and we did mention yes it was an anomaly game one but going forward it will be based on trends not based on single games so that is why coach Griffin if that had happened like over a three game stretch yeah of course he's going to get a down stock but just just from one game, you're not going to see us panic that much. We're going to be optimistic more than we are pessimistic on this podcast. Right, Ty? I hope so. 
We're not things are going pretty. Things are going pretty bad if we're pessimistic. <laughs> yeah, but uh, getting back to your earlier question, I do think the scheme. Uh, it sort of looked more tight in this game. It looked a lot tighter. It looked a lot better. It looked like this team was actually locked in. They knew where they needed to go. We saw in that Hawks game, like you had talked about, there were a lot of bungled rotations. Like we just saw a bunch of guys just like running around being like, oh, wait, was I supposed to go here? Wait, no, you were supposed to go over there. That's one thing that happens when you employ a more aggressive defense. It requires more cohesion uh, by your teammates. Every single teammate has to know in this specific situation. Uh, for example, like let's say like a, there's a baseline cutter. You want to go. Let's say you want to go double. Uh, you double a guy on the baseline. Okay, this guy goes there. If the pass is made here to the corner, then uh, whoever's on the wing has to go rotate over. Then whoever's uh, in the paint has to go flash help or whatever it is. And you just, every single person needs to be on the same page. And that takes time. Like this is game two uh, in the Hawks game. That was game two of this team actually playing together. You can't expect it to be perfect. You can't expect it to be flawless right away because these are very, very difficult things to do and that's why uh it requires like these difficult uh schematic changes to actually take a team to the next level because it's difficult if every team could do it they would if every team was able to just be masterful on the defensive end why wouldn't they it's a difficult thing to accomplish and it takes time for these guys to get acclimated to it i couldn't agree more so with marjan bochamp out for this game the only bucks player to miss the game with an illness Many saying too much partying with Flavor Flav after uh, after the Hawks game. Who who knows? Flavor Flav is noted big fan of Marjan Bochamp. What did you think of the national anthem? Didn't listen to it. Didn't <laughs> didn't listen to it. And after the way the game went, fun. I won't now. I'm sure it was, I it was fun. fun. I don't. I just though the game ruined it. I plan to go back and listen to it after they didn't play it. I don't know if I tuned in too late to the broadcast or what. I didn't play it on social. And then after I saw the game going the way it was going, I was just like, I don't want anything else from this night at Fiserv to cross my feet again. Maybe I'll listen to it now that we have a game away, but I did not listen to it. But AJ Green, who many people were excited about, got the bump into the Bucks rotation. Kind of figured someone would, even though Chris Middleton was back for this game. Played 17 minutes, one more minute. So if you do the math, we're about 16 games away from Chris being at full strength, which honestly, when I planned to do this bit on the pod, I was like, ah, it's kind of ridiculous. But I was like, even if it did take that long, the Bucks could actually afford it. I mean, that was at like early that's December. Half, that's like half the games he played last season. We'll take it. Yeah. I mean, if it's like early December. It's, I was thinking like, oh, it's going to be ridiculous if they actually take a minute by minute. And I kind of think it is. Like, I don't really think that's how ramp ups work. Who knows? I mean, I'm not a, not a doctor, not even as close as Rohan is to being a doctor, but uh, whatever. I mean, early December, still still pretty early in the year, but not a great night for AJ. Although I will say, it felt like pretty good process and just bad results for AJ. For sure. I thought he played, like, well, well enough. The one I think he just got thrown up. Like, he wasn't doing what he's really good at, and that's making shots. Every single game doing- I said he's been, he's been doing it, and he just couldn't do it. And I was like, I felt so bad for him because this is pro- some of the realest rotation run he's ever gotten, probably. Oh, without a doubt. But the thing is, Ty, he did everything else well. The thing about being a shooter in the NBA is those things come and go, right? You're never going to be like a consistent, like as much as AJ Green, we've said, is a consistently good shooter. 
you're never going to be like that in actual real rotation minutes. You're going to have nights where you don't make shots, which coaches need to see. Like Brad Fisher talked about this uh, on our podcast. Make sure you go listen to the multiple times Brad's been on. We've been lucky enough to have Brad on. Uh, we, we've got to get him back, by the way. Uh, before oh, that, before their season gets too busy, because we have a lot of schematics, and he's oh yeah, we do. And I say Rohan knows more than me. No offense to you, Rohan. I think Brad's got both of us combined uh, on scheme knowledge. Combined, then tripled. I'll still, I'll or, still, yeah. it's still <laughs> when he's like telling us about one random play that he remembers the Bucks ran like middle of the season last time he was on, and I'm like, you coach a team, and I'm sure you have all of their plays. And you have random, like, not an important game, not like a, like, just like a, oh, yeah, they ran that set once in whatever. I'm just like, how do you do this? They're, coaches are built different. Yeah, They're just literally. absolutely built different. But what I was going to say is that he talked about how you want to see everything else go well in these minutes. Because, you know, like, AJ Green, that is an anomaly. You're not going to see him shoot that poorly on a consistent basis because he has a body of work that shows that he's going to be a better shooter than that. However, you want to see him play good defense. You want to see him make good rotations. You want to see him not turn the ball over, especially when he was given the ball in multiple opportunities. That's what you want to see because that is the thing that is unknown. Shooting comes and goes, but we know more often than not that he is going to be a good shooter. We didn't know more often than not if he's going to be a, like a, a generally productive NBA role player having to go play deep. Like there was one possession where he got like switched on to Jimmy Butler. He contained the drive, forced a miss. You don't know what he's going to be like doing that. So being able to show that in these minutes is really, really good. No matter like the shooting, he's not going to get, spoiler, he's not going to get an upstock for me. Um, but I thought he played really well up. Are you saying it's an isolated incident for AJ Green to not shoot well? You went kind of viral today. People love that that clip being shared. <laughs> Bayshore Parker himself. Uh, that that also, Bayshore Parker just sounds like a really white name. It does. Like, it would really you, does. if you, if you met a kid who had like long wavy hair, who shot a bunch of threes, he goes, Hey, I'm Bayshore Parker. Yeah. Would you even look twice? Probably not. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
AJ Green in 15 and a half minutes was 0 for 4. Missed. I felt worse about the bunny at the rim than even the threes. He tried to shoot it like it was a three. I was like, AJ, just lay it in, pal. But plus eight in the 15 minutes, like you mentioned, no turnovers, two, two assists in that time as well. A good passer. And I agree. Like, I thought when he drove the ball, he didn't look lost. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't like breaking guys down off the dribble. But when he drove an open space, he looked very under control. He made good passes, didn't turn the ball over. I thought he took good shots in rhythm shots. They just didn't fall for him, which again, isolated incident, not going to happen again. Uh, it's something you should theoretically never have to worry about. It's theoretically you shouldn't. Andrew Snyder in the chat, Bayshore Parker just committed to Duke. Uh, Cooper Flag. Did you see the Cooper Flag picture? It's it's that's a, that's a choice. Bro. That's a choice. Main. That's oh my choice. god. Um, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, but AJ Green, I agree. I do agree with you. I said rough night. I just felt bad that he got the opportunity, and you know, I'm sure he wanted it really badly, and they just didn't fall. Uh, but I, I agree. I thought he played well and looked good overall. And I don't know if I did. I say it's plus minus in this tirade yes. yet. Plus eight. So yeah, didn't didn't hurt the team despite missing all the shots. So overall, uh, good good AJ Green minutes, and I think he is deserving of more consistent role, but. Here's the thing. I've seen people say this about him and about Andre Jackson. Though the the question you have to counter though is when Marjon is healthy and Chris has minutes, who do they play over? And that's why making a rotation on a good team like this is hard because uh, you have to take someone out. I mean, you're not going to really go 11 deep realistically in the season. So I don't really want to have the who should he play over convo right now. I think it's a little early. We don't have enough samples. I think people would have said Pat going into this game. Thought Pat had a pretty nice game overall. That was one of the when I first replied, I, I tweeted about AJ Green. It's like I, I believe someone was in my reply saying, "Yeah, you should play over Pat." It's like, oh, maybe maybe wait a little bit, and then Pat played well. Yeah, but it's just like it's it's a good problem to have. And again, this is really really early. We have such a small sample size. Th- like that, that's what I mean. And well, and coming out, people are going to say Malik Beasley, and Malik Beasley could have an awesome game in Game Four, right? Like I, I think we can't do oh he played bad in one in twenty minutes in a game, so. That's the guy who's going to get dropped for A.J. Green. I like A.J. Green. I'll, I'll entertain it more going forward because I do think like this was a good, real NBA role player run, which is just not something we've gotten to see from him a lot. He's mostly come into games that are, let's be let's be honest, unserious games. Like when, when you know, it's the two-way guys all playing 35-plus minutes, that's not always a serious NBA game. This was, and A.J. looked good. Yeah, we talked about AJ Green first. It's my fault, but uh, very funny when we do this. It is very funny. Should we talk about Damon Giannis? Yeah, which one? Uh, let's talk about Giannis, uh, because after like a performance uh, yesterday against the Hawks, where it kind of left a little more to be desired. I know the the box score ended up being, uh, you know, tradi- actually not even. He's had like twenty six, which he scored thirty plus a game last year. It's below average game from Giannis, which is just <laughs> that's <ridiculous>. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you still want to see more. He hasn't had a game in these three games thus far where he's just, or in the two games before, where it's just like, yeah, Giannis is, Giannis is him because we know Giannis is him. Yeah. We just haven't had that opportunity to have a game stamped and said, hey, by the way, I'm still the two-time MVP, finals MVP. I mentioned on our last pod that the adjustment to adding Damian Lillard might be more difficult for Giannis than it is on Dame. And I think I still stand by that. Because we we saw in this game that yeah, by the way, Giannis he can he can go out there, he can score thirty three points, but he has to do that after coming back into the game in the fourth quarter. And I thought he I thought he had a really good game today. I thought he had a really good game today. 
Uh, he shot decently well from the free throw line, 8 of 11. Uh, didn't take as many bad shots as I thought he'd taken in the last few games. He got them all out in the first five minutes. He took three jumpers in the first five minutes. One was a catch-and-shoot three, so I'm not – and he nailed it. But two pull-up jumpers over Thomas Bryant in the first five minutes, and it's like, come on, big fella. And you're out he, there, It's and Thomas and Bryant. And you're out there with Damon Chris. That's the thing. I, I, here's where I'm at with Giannis Jumper. And I want to go back to you. I know you're cooking, but like two seconds. Like, I think he should take that shot when there's three seconds left on the shot clock. I think take all you want. if, they, if get, that, get the ball to Giannis because literally that's always going to be there. I think even in those late shot clock situations, the instinct will still be to backpedal. That's when you put that up. Maybe you get an offensive rebound. I just, you know, 18 on the shot clock. Giannis taking an 18-footer over Thomas Bryant. Just unnecessary, and I think even more unnecessary now that, I mean, we see him as the role man and in the dunker spot, just absolutely eating in possessions around that start. But go ahead, Rohan. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. I think it should be like, it's just all about intelligent shot selection, right? Like, I know Bucks fans will always be just like moaning and groaning when you hear these commentators like like i think reggie miller is the biggest defender of this where it's like Giannis takes a three it's like you'll live with that that's a good shot stan van gundy it's like yeah that's what the defense wants you to do and it's like again the heat broadcast was saying this too they're right they're right <laughs> they're absolutely right like we people might get annoyed with them saying that it's not incorrect they're more right it's than not- ever now too Exactly. Exactly. Like we can, as Bucks watchers, you can really hold on to the fact, like, oh yeah, Giannis will have these games where he'll just go make them and make them, and it's like, uh, oh, eventually he'll get it down. It's almost thirty. It's just, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's coming. Yeah. (laughs) I, I really don't. But what you need to do is focus on good shot selection because even if you aren't going to be hitting your jumpers, by the way. Without hitting your jumpers, you're still a two-time MVP, finals MVP, arguably the best player in basketball. Go do that. Go what makes you go do what makes you great. It's just, it's all about intelligent shot selection with Giannis. It yeah. is. That's all it is. And I get he wants to work on it. He wants to be more well-rounded. I get that. I want him to be more well-rounded too. But just be smart about it. You can build on the momentum of taking like those. If the if you get the ball uh, with the shot clock at like four seconds or something, yeah, then go take those shots. Don't do it. Just don't just pull up. Like when it's and no no pass pull ups from Giannis should be bad. Like if you're just bringing the ball up ball up the court and you walk into a pull up jumper, no, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, I, I think every player has bad tendencies, and that's the thing. I mean these. These guys are all human, and as as easy as it can seem to us, it's not as easy when you're out there trying to be great. So I, I do just want to say, like, I, it's not like I think Giannis is an idiot or anything like that, but I do think we're at a point now where it's like, let's just let's save those, let's put that away, and again, it, that can be that can be your bailout shot because he's so big and he gets so much space in the mid range area that that's going to be there a lot when the Bucks don't have anything better, but. When there's 18, 16 seconds on the clock, whatever, guess what? There's always something better if you're out there with Chris and Dame, which is going to be a lot. That's the starters, which is just still so so delightful to see, even though we haven't gotten to see them a ton. That That's awesome. That rules. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought just cut those out, but there weren't too many of those. And overall, I thought Giannis played, played I mean, well, 33 points, seven rebounds, two assists, one block. There's no way he had only one. He did, and I was watching that very closely. <laughs> I was too. 
I was too, Rohan. It didn't matter for me. I was cooked today. We'll get to our sleeper picks later. I was uh, don't want to. Well, I'll talk. To, we'll talk about it later. But twelve for twenty-one from the field, one for three from deep. Again, three, three, three. Let's make it two. Let's make it one. Yeah. By the one way, yeah, two. it's thirty-three, seven, and two with a block. It's just plus eighteen. Just incredible. Yeah. Like, I know. I know. We were just. We were just like harping on it, but also he, he closed out the game too. I mean, oh, we yeah, talked absolutely. about this. He put the game away. They they talked about this, and we talked about it after the Philly night one game. It's like some nights it's going to be honest. This was a Giannis night. I mean, down the stretch, the Heat went with like the young, super stretchy lineup, and Giannis stretched the hell out of it them. Was their garbage time and stomped them in the dirt? Garbage time. Was it the lineup they thought gave them the best chance, or were they resting, guys? I think they were resting. They pulled their starters. I mean, Tyler Hero started the game. I, I guess I think he might have came, come back in at one point. I, I'm, I'm not let sure. me see if I pull up the four. I mean, I they I don't know, man. I mean, I think there's that lineup. I think, I think it was, it was just a garbage time lineup. I think it there was a little convenient to that that can be attributed to it. Uh, Hero played all twelve minutes of the fourth. Okay, yeah, fair enough. So I I think they're gonna. I think Spo has the plausible deniability of like, oh yeah, you know, just gonna rest guys. But that lineup was playing really well. They shot sixty three percent on threes in the fourth, despite Hero going zero for two. Duncan, three for five. Jovic made his only one. Jaquez was two for two. Orlando Robinson also made one. Kind of a nice game from Orlando Robinson. But, uh, yeah, the Heat scored 41 points in that quarter. So, uh, I don't know. There might be a little plausible deniability there. But, yeah, good, a good Giannis game. And, thankfully, big bounce back Damian Lillard game. As I think we all expected Dame to not have another stinker in a row. Didn't get going super early, but asserted himself. And again, kind of like the Sixers game, despite his legs from three really not being there yet, which should be terrifying to other teams. Dame ends with 25 points, five rebounds, four assists, one steal. Did have four turnovers, so not an ideal effort there. But seven for 14. Got to the free throw line. Seven for 14 from the field, nine for 11 from free throw. Again, 11 drawn in the double digits after getting none. Against Atlanta. That game was just like something, something off in that game, man. It was really weird. <laughs> Didn't like that. But yeah, it, it was good to see Dame bounce back. Obviously, I believe it was like the third lowest score game of his career or something like that. He hadn't uh, had a game below 10 points in like uh, two, almost three years or yeah. something like that. Uh, just just a, a, weird, a weird game. And again, I don't want to just like give people excuses because it was a bad game. It was a really bad game. He got two down stocks for that, deservedly so. It was a very, very bad Damian Lillard game. Uh, and again, like I'm not trying to make excuses. This is Stop a guy making excuses. Adjusting to the new, a new team for the first time ever and playing a second game there. I mean, he also said he didn't get to run as much in the offseason. And that's why he was taking it slower in the preseason. And I think... I just don't think his – I know Marcus Johnson on this broadcast said this as well. just doesn't think his legs are all the way there yet. I mean, a lot of those threes are hitting front rim, and that's just not something you expect to maintain from Damian Lillard. But the good news is, you know, I'm, I'm just throwing the Atlanta – the Atlanta game just sucked for almost everyone. So uh, that aside for now, I mean, Dame's had two games where he scored 25 and 39 without shooting the three well. Like, there's going to be some really fun Damian Lillard games incoming, I think, folks. I mean, this is a guy who scored 71 points in a game last year. 
Yeah, that's pretty fun. That's probably. It's. Are we gonna get one of those? What's the highest Dame's gonna score? Is the Bucks record in jeopardy? I mean, Giannis hasn't even gotten the Bucks record. Is it? It's still red, isn't it? It's still red. Fifty-seven or eight? Fifty-seven. Let me check. Because I know Jennings was fifty-five. Uh, obviously, very close. But I believe I know it's Michael Red has it because I've seen the video of him talking to Giannis. It's fifty-seven. Oh man, I wonder if Dame smashes that this year. I would be very down for that. Yeah, I would too. Oh, just a pretty good game from Dame. Solid overall. He got he he took advantage of a lot of. Uh, he took advantage of guys giving him a step. Like Kyle Lowry would give him a step, and he would just blow by him, get get downhill, get to the rim. Does Bam Adebayo being out help with that? Absolutely. Yeah. But is it a situation where you want him to leverage his quickness? I mean, we saw him do that when Joel Embiid was in the paint. So it's it's not like it's not like he's scared of these big defenders or anything no. like that. But it was just it was good to see him go back to being an, like an attacking sort of guard. Because that's what they need. Obviously, if the threes come, when the threes come, I should say, yeah. that's going to be amazing. That's going to be full unlocked peak bucks. But in the meantime, he's still Damian Lillard. Like He can do anything you want on the offensive end of the court. Uh, so it's just it's good to see him leverage his strengths right now as he continues to get his shot back. It's kind of incredible that he's still scoring 25 points given – I mean, I, I didn't expect it to be the to this degree through three games. He gets trapped like half of the times he has the ball. It's ridiculous. And people keep it's going ridiculous. like, oh, why why don't they put Dame on the ball? I think it's because they want him to get shots. Like he's not able to get many shots when he brings the ball up because they trap him immediately and make him pass. I mean, going four on three is good. I, I, you could probably still do that some more. But I think he's getting more shots on possessions where he starts adjacent to the ball because when he brings it up every single time, these teams are sending two and say, no, not you. And I still think we're going to get to a point where Giannis gets better. And I want to, I want to actually go back to talking about kind of the, how the Bucks are responding to that, those traps. But I'm still surprised at the degree. It's like constantly. He's not even cooking at this point. And they're just like, no, 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 no. We've seen this one before. We're, <laughs> we saw that 71 spot they're last year. so scared. They're yeah. so scared. It's crazy how scared defenses are. It just like the dude's not in Portland anymore. Like he has better teammates around him. We saw him. He was starting to distribute the ball more. I think he had four assists. Yeah, four assists, but he had a lot of hockey assists in that game. Oh, yeah. Well, well that's uh, see, so I was really impressed this game at how well he makes the pass out of the doubles. One almost got picked late in the fourth, but there were a punch. A lot to Crowder, who I thought Crowder had really nice, like short roll distribution in this game. And then flared out to the corner in front of the heat bench to hit a couple threes from there after doing the short roll, which just like, again, the savvy vet stuff we've talked about was certainly on display from, from Jay Crowder in this game. But, and I actually was just looking at his fourth quarter stats, played seven and a half minutes. It looked like he kind of pulled up on a leg at some point earlier in the second half, but I think the, I think the heat broadcast called it out as maybe a tiny ankle turn. Oh, maybe that was it. Hopefully not something that keeps him out for any period of time. Cause he is pretty important to this Bucks team, but overall ended up playing 25 minutes Crowder did, but I thought did some good short roll, but damn, it's like he throws these little passes where it just from the broadcast camera angle. I never understand how he makes it look so easy. To split like the, the double with the pass. Around, yeah, uh, to every time. Guys. Every time. 
It's crazy. He's I mean, such clearly, a good passer. I mean, John in the Discord was like, "Yeah, obviously he's you know been used to this." And I was like, "Yeah, I, I get it, but it's still it's still really impressive to see how he does that so yeah. easily." But I think Giannis in this game, we saw what we talked about after Game One of just take a breath and see what is there, and he took that to a hilarious extent in this game, where at one point he got the short roll from Dame, stopped for a minute, three Heat guys jumped up to his level to try and defend him. And they just left no one by the rim, and he just took a step forward and dunked it. And I think there were more plays where both he and Crowder, that that idea of just like get the ball and then look around because like you don't need to you you know you don't want to wait ten seconds and let the defense reset entirely, but you've got four on three, someone's open, find them before you do anything else. Find the advantage. Maybe you're the one open, like Giannis was or ended up being. But I think we saw the Bucks get a little more accustomed already to those short roll four on three scenarios. For sure. And I still think he could take a little bit more of a little half step because we saw one play where he sort of paused, held the basketball and the defense kind of froze. But to be fair, it was Kevin Love. And they just he just went and dumped it because he hesitated for a second threw the defense off because they can expect him to just be running downhill, you know. Uh, so if you just take it a little bit, slow down and then just then make your reads and go forward and attack, it's going to open up for you so much more. And again, it doesn't matter if he does or not. He's still going to get his own. Like it's <laughs> there's there's little defenses can do to really stop him. So regardless of if he does it or not, it's going to he's going to be able to make a solid impact. But if you want to like up the ceiling of this team, this offensive ceiling of this team, yeah, just take a step, make your reads. It'll make everyone's life a little bit easier. Do you think they're using Dame enough? That's a good question. That really is a good question. I think I'm trying to are, tap into the pulse of Buck's discourse, Rohan. I think they are using him enough right now. Again, we've talked at length about how he's still getting his legs back. However, I do think they're leveraging the correct situations to just, yeah, just go spam Dame time, where it's like you have the ball. If Dame has the ball and he's going up against bench units in the second quarter, late third quarter. Yeah, just go spam. It's Damian Lillard. You go wreck or wreak havoc for a while and just go um, make an instant impact. There was one point during this game, I believe it was late third quarter, early fourth quarter, where Dame went on a run. When when was that? Was that late third quarter, I believe, where he just sort of went on a little bit of a tear? Yeah, it might have been early fourth, too. Uh, early fourth, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. And then he just sort of cools off. He gets out of the game. And then Giannis comes in and starts doing his thing, and it's like, but they didn't get a break. <laughs> yeah, you see the benefit of the staggering with that with that uh, sequence there for sure. Because then, as soon as Dame comes out of the game, Giannis is like, "Okay, I'm going to go do my thing now." And you just see how effective that is. So to, it's a long winded way of answering. I mean, this is a podcast, but yeah, it's uh, kind of what we do. <laughs> it's good to see. Like, I think they are using Dame enough right now. For right now, I think they're using him fine. Like, I think the usage is fine for where they're at and where they're at in building and developing their chemistry and their rotations and how they play basketball under Adrian Griffin. Yeah, I think I think there's just some stretches where he's out there where they don't get him the ball at all, and I think they they need to do a little better job with that. But also. They're, they're using him as a threat all the time. And I think that does matter as well. And I agree with you. And also, I mentioned earlier, if he had the ball every time, he would never shoot because they trap him and he has to get rid of the ball. But yeah, I think it's all about a balance. I think sometimes they go too far away from him. I think they don't find him enough off ball. I know he had some catch and shoot looks in this game, but 
I think there's a lot of possessions that like he's open enough. Like it's Dame. It's Damian Lillard. Like he has enough space to – if he's kind of open, that's like him being really open. I think they probably need to find him more specifically when he is off ball. Uh, but I agree. I think he's going to be used more and I think we know late in games – he and Giannis are going to be around the ball a lot. Whoever starts it, whoever finishes it, whatever. So, yeah, I'm not overly concerned. I get why people say it, but I think uh, I think overall they, they've struck a decent balance, just probably eliminating times when he's out there and they don't use him at all. But I'm sure Dame feels like, you know, once he does have his legs under him, he's doing the least work out there he's ever had to do, which I think will be good for him as the season goes on. For sure, for sure. Are there any other players we want to highlight right now before we get into uh, something else? Yes. Bobby Portis. I tweeted, dude, no hyperbole. One of the best halves of Bucks basketball I can remember seeing from a player. I mean, he's cooled down a bit. Didn't play much in the second half, did he? Uh, Why not? not? He played only, I guess, eight, eight and a half minutes. Yeah. I mean, cooled down a little bit, but still, overall, and certainly in the first half, Bobby Portis ends the night with 16 points, eight rebounds, two assists, two steal, two steals, one block, no turnovers, seven for 10 from the field, and seven for nine from two. Knocks down both of his free throws. Still cannot shoot three-pointers, which, again, sucks, but his drives looked really good. He took care of the ball. Really Ty, active Ty, defensively. Ty, Ty, yes, exactly. I don't really care about active. what he, I don't care about what he did on the offensive end. Obviously, I don't care it was about great. it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I care about it. Yeah. But it's not what impressed me the most. The yeah. defense, Ty. He picked Tyler Hero's pocket twice. It's just in a row, right there. He's just like, oh, and that's what I mean about a good double. Like Hero did not have time to react. Bobby was on him as soon as like it wasn't. You know, the ones Pat sent against Trey. Just kind of, oh, amble across the car. I'm coming. Hey, Trey. It's like when you like, it's like, you know, like a, a big kid kind of messing with a little kid. Oh, hey. That was the energy of Pat doubling Trey Young. It was bad. Bobby was like on, on, on Tyler Hero. Had no time to react. Two steals. Incredible. It, it was amazing. He was moving his feet. It's just so good to see Bobby Portis not in a drop defense. He, it seemed like he, obviously you can't really gain this, but he was moving quicker laterally yeah. and just more engaged on the He's, defensive end. He was, it, it, he seems like a guy who's trying to make a focus or put a concerted effort to just improve on the defensive end. And my goodness, did it show in this game? Yeah. He was out here. I, he had, he had a block in traffic. It was just, it, it was a crazy I mean, did, game. To he see. blocked Maxi against Philly, didn't he? As well, right? He did. Like he's yeah. been so involved. He's just involved. Like his minutes, and I think he should play more than sixteen based on this game. His minutes. It feels like you don't go two possessions without saying, "Oh, that was good from Bobby." Whether it's like a recorded stat or not, often it is the way he. I mean, a lot of rebounds, a lot of scoring, and again, some defensive stats too. But like, oh, that was a good closeout by Bobby. Like, oh, he really corralled that drive. Like, he is like rocketing up the chart of most important bucks to this team. Well, it's not like he's gained 50 spots. I mean, there's, you know, like 10 guys who really are big factors. But I, I will say this, and, I, you know, Pat played well. We'll talk about him when we do stocks, I think. But or maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I don't think Bobby's the most tradable big contract anymore. I don't think so either. 
I mean, again, small sample size. We'll see how it trends over the course of this, or at least the beginning of the season. But yeah, Bobby Portis, he went on a run by himself. He was out here doing it on both ends. And it's just like, yeah, if you can have a sub like that, this team is just, it's loaded. It is. It is loaded. But, you know, Pat Connaughton showed that we we shouldn't sleep on him. Nice. Speaking of sleeper, same player too, really unoriginal by me. But you know what is original, sleeper, because they're always changing the game. Sleeper is a fantasy sports and real money gaming app focused on bringing th- people together through sports and gaming. We love sleeper here on the pod. We, of course, use promo code Eurostep to get up to a $100 match on our first deposits. Terms and conditions apply to that. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. They're operational in Wisconsin, which we prove by making picks for this game. We had our hires and lowers, our daily fantasy plays. Rohan, how'd you do tonight? I did not fare well. I was close. On my I was first not close. How many? How many like? How many? Oh, oh for three. Oh okay. for three. Not I'll good. I'll say my first. I'll say my first one. Yeah, yeah. Rick Lopez higher than one and a half rebounds in the first quarter, and that. Oh, that, Adam <laughs> told us not to do first quarter. You're doing first quarter. I did do first. Quarter. Oh, you're doing first. What did that hit? It did hit. Oh, he had okay. Two rebounds in the first quarter. You're sick. You're sick just watching games. Oh, get that second rebound, Brooke. I love it, though. I love stuff like that. Okay, what was your first one? Um, Well, we talked about earlier watching Giannis' blocks. So I thought Giannis was going to have more than 1.5 steals and blocks in the game. The way he's been playing defensively, the heat, short on guys, I figured he was going to be terrorizing. I thought he had a good defensive game. And I really did think he had more than the one block, but I wasn't mad about it because, like I said, I I did not make many good calls uh, in today's round of picks. Yeah, that one that one was the one that cost me the win here. My final oh. one was uh, Jimmy Butler lower than five and a half assists. Oh, that, I knew that was going to hit as soon as I saw Giannis on him. Yeah, I was like, yeah, this is over. Yeah, this that's is a good over. One. And especially with uh, Bam Adebayo being out, someone who runs their offense in the half court a lot, I just didn't think Jimmy was going to be the guy to do that, and he was not. He yeah. ended up with four assists. Caleb Martin and uh, Haywood Highsmith, my guy, also out. So Miami, Miami dealing with a lot of big, a lot of mid range scoring loss tonight, a lot of big absences for the Miami Heat. So the rest of my picks. I had Malik Beasley with more than 14 and a half points, rebounds, assists. I've got to quit the Malik Beasley points, rebounds, and points, assists. I This is the second time in a row I've been burned. He ended up with 10, five points, three assists, uh, three rebounds, two assists uh, for Bees. Not a great shooting night for Malik Beasley. And then this one, this one was like, I, I knew I was cooked somewhere in the third quarter, I think. I went with uh, Hero under points, rebounds, assists. Uh, the the projection there was 31 and a half. He ends with 46. Uh, the points alone he got there, which tells you not a good play by me. But you know what? Bucks are back in action Wednesday and Friday, and this constantly sports happening. There's Orlando LA is on right now. You can do mid-game fantasy 
uh, with Sleeper. I, I, I may or may not have something. You may or may not have. What do you? Well, it's a bonus. I'm not going to spoil it. You're not going to spoil it. I'm not okay. going to put it out in the universe. Oh, is that is that bad juju? No, it's if I if I get it wrong, I don't want people to laugh at me. That's kind of bad juju in a way. Yeah, I guess. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anyway, again, promo code Eurocep, G-Y-R-O-S-C-E-P. You'll get up to, a, yep, up to a $100 match. So spot an extra Ben Franklin from us here at the Eurostep. You can play along with us. Probably do better than me. Yeah, do better, do better than, than, us, than me yeah. for sure. Rohan, Rohan's been more competitive. I have not been great so far. So, But, you know, just fun to, you know, get the, the daily fantasy Get the picks in and, and see how it goes. It does, I will say this, in all honesty, adds a bit of spice and intrigue to watching the game. Obviously, we're still looking for analyzed Bucks basketball. We're still fans of the game. But it is kind of fun to be like, oh man, Tyler, Tyler's going off. Oh, of course. I damn oh man. That that's been I've been saying a lot of ah oh, man's, not a lot of the other stuff. Yeah, it does it does add some spice to it. But yeah, uh Check out, check out Sleeper. Make sure you use promo code Eurostop. Yeah, download the app today. $100 match on your first deposit. Should we talk stocks time? Yeah, let's talk stocks. We didn't talk everyone from the game, but I'm guessing we can just buzz through them as we go here. Yeah, let's do it. Who was your, give me an up stock. Who you thought was an upside? I think we'll get Dame one. Or is that, is that too easy? What do you think? I think I think it's a good bounce back. One thing about Damian Lillard is we have yet to really establish. I know we tried our yeah. best for the IPO. We're still trying to figure out what his baseline is. I, I wonder if it is team. a push. I wonder if it is a push. I think I might go push. Yeah, you know the assist to turnover. Be, the assist to turnover brings it down. I think. And just like a twenty-five point per game score gets to the free throw line, that's kind of what you expect for Dame. Yeah, you're right on the box. You want you not want, but you expect his scoring to go down a bit. You expect his efficiency to maybe go down, maybe a little bit, maybe higher, depending on what how he's used. But I think I think it's a push. Did Craig Council really go to the Guardians? Are you serious? I don't know. Andrew put this in. I never know. Andrew's a wild card. That can't be real. I don't think that's real. I think he got. I think he got me. Hopefully that's not. Check out real. cruising for a bruising. Yeah, for all your, all yeah. Your for for things. less fake news, check out cruising for a bruising. Um, I agree with Dame. I, I do think that is an average. I think I was just excited because he, he bounced back after, after it, he is full. Andrew got the whole, Andrew got the whole pod and listeners on that one. Um, but no, I think that is baseline Dame. Um, I think I was just excited to see the bounce back. I'm thinking same for Giannis. What do you, I'd say, I'd say a push for Giannis as well. It's close. It That's is. close it to is. an upstock for Giannis. We haven't talked Chris yet. I think it's a push for Chris. I mean, he obviously he was like one for four with like five points or something. Still led the Bucks in assists. And Chris's playmaking oh, has been awesome. I think the extra space when he plays with Dame and Giannis is so good for him. I think he looks like an entirely different playmaker, even though we've talked before about Chris being an underrated playmaker. I think he's looked really good in that aspect. I still think 
when he's playing more real minutes, he's going to look awesome, but not an upstock. He's just not able to play enough right now. For sure, for sure. Um, I do think I think, do think it's a push, and we do consider injury recovery in uh, these valuations here on the buck stock market. So um, just until he starts to get like real consistent rotation minutes, like I know 17 minutes, like you said, it's a minute up compared to when he last played. <laughs> Slowly but surely. Uh, it's just he he looked like he looked like a guy trying to get his legs back under him. Yeah, out there. He wasn't really a featured guy. He did have the ball in his hands a, a, a bit. And like you said, led the team in assists still. But he just didn't really make an impact. I do agree, though. I, I agree with Fat Matt, hilarious name in the YouTube chat here. He does have a very steadying presence. He's the new George Hill. Which is, that's pretty good if Chris is your George Hill. <laughs> he's the. I was arguing, no, I want to bring this it. argument up in the middle of the Buck stock market segment. Okay. I said Wes should have got a tribute video. He should have. He absolutely should have. Someone said, oh, you think George Hill should get one? I'm like, yeah, I think George yeah, Hill should get one. These were really important players. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not talking absolutely. about to the rafters here. I'm just saying, like, I, like, hey, you had some great years with the Bucks. You helped us win a bunch of games. The best run in franchise history right now. Here's, a, here's two minutes. I'm not asking for a lot. I'm asking for two minutes. I think, I, yeah, I just, I, I wish they would have given him one. Maybe when he plays? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it could have happened and we just didn't see it too. Yeah. But I, I didn't hear anything about it. If it did, if it did it. happen, tweet at us. But, yeah. Um, we, would hap- we would love to be wrong here, but it was, uh, yeah. I, 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 Wes Matthews deserves one. Absolutely he does. Agreed. Speaking of deserving, does Brooke Lopez get enough? probably another push? I'd say a push. Is anyone going to get a movement from this game? I yes, Bobby Portis. Oh yeah, yeah, Bobby Portis. Bob, two or one? I'd say one. He's already. He, this would move him up to nineteen. One, just because he uh, fell off in the second half. He was on pace for two. He was on pace for three. I mean, if he kept yeah. up that ten-minute run, if he played like that for another ten minutes, I would have sat here and argued for three. But I'm okay with one. And campaign. Oh yeah, he gets to, he gets the bounce back. After uh, after the last game, it was I mean literally a microcosm of the campaign experience. It was it really was. He has a, he has a, a bad uh, sort of debut that uh, can't really get a shot uh, going, and then he comes out here four or five from the field, three or four from three, just out here gunning, and uh, he was doing what he needs to do. It's just it's really interesting to see campaigns role sort of develop here. Because he is not being used as a backup point guard. He really isn't. He's using as like a backup two guard because Giannis has been the backup point guard. That's a trend that's also continued. Uh, We saw that in this game. Uh, I I mentioned it earlier. where It's like, oh, Dame goes to sit. Then Giannis comes back and immediately starts handling the ball because he's the primary initiator. Maybe that'll change. Maybe not. But it is something to keep an eye on. And it does... Yeah, even though he's there, he's not really functioning as a point guard. Which actually makes him more expendable in the rotation. I mean, we've talked about these young wings kind of chopping at the bit to get into the top 10 there. I mean, theoretically, because of what you're saying, you know, you could put a Marjon, an Ajax, maybe an AJ Green into that role as well. I do think the ball handling and the speed helps. He just isn't on ball a bunch, but it, it is still beneficial to have. But it's, I don't think it's necessary in every there game. Was, there was one play, his one uh, two-point attempt, where he just got to the yeah. rim because he was able to beat whoever. It might have been Kyle Lowry again. But uh, 
it, it, you you need that out there, which is why I would maybe hesitate against sort of completely replacing him in the rotation. Because let's say things bog down, you want another guy who's a capable ball handler, and for all his faults, campaign is a capable ball handler. So even if Giannis is going to be the backup point guard out there, yeah, have campaign as another ball handler. I wouldn't be opposed to that. No, absolutely. I I think it's helpful. I just mean not maybe not totally necessary, but certainly. I mean, especially when we talked about this a really valuable piece for whenever Dame is going to sit out a game, you know, then you're in a really tough spot with no point guards outside of the two ways. Uh, still like what I've seen in a limited run from Ty Ty Washington, hoping to see him a lot more with the herd herd roster announced. Herd roster is ridiculous. Oh, First, let's, okay, let's, let's finish. Get... Yeah. Finish this yeah. up. I want to talk about the herd roster for, I, I, I am. Oh, I'm excited. You got to get Those up here are... for some games. Oh yeah. Is that the only two movements? I'd say so. Uh, let's burn through just quickly. I thought Brooke again played pretty well. Not an upstock. Bossman played really well too. It's same. I think kind of, I think Bossman played a little better comparatively. I think Brooke is still adjusting relatively well. And I think he's going to settle in and look even better, but continues to make shots. One for four from deep, but still Brooke adds 11 points. Just still looks pretty good. And three assists is actually really good for Brooke Lopez. So not an upstock game, but yeah, certainly tip the cap to both of them. Considering that Brooke Lopez is already at a 25 valuation, yeah, yeah, yeah. we do take that into consideration. And Jay Crowder is at 13. He did have uh, eight points there, which does help. He hit some threes. He was making good shots. Uh, he was attacking up the short roll like you were mentioning. That's close to Crowder. I'm tempted. I'm tempted. I'll give it to Jay. I, I think he's looked pretty good both games. Defensively on ball, he leaves a little bit to be desired. That would probably – he did give up some line drives to the Ram. Mark has chatted about it. Uh, that would be one. I, I'm. Re- what do you think? I don't know. I'm sort of on the line here because, like, Malik Beasley's at 15, so maybe Jay Crowder should maybe be up to that level, so maybe give him an upstock. I, I mean, I think we can talk about a Malik Beasley downstock from this game. We could. Didn't make but shots. I- didn't think he's – and I wanted to – actually, I'm glad. I almost forgot to mention this. I think his on-ball defense wasn't great. Uh, he got roasted by – I mean, Tyler Hero is a good offensive player. It's not crazy, but he, he didn't hold up very well. His off-ball defense has been a problem, especially in this game. I noticed he just gets kind of lost, and like Lowry and Hero both were hitting threes because he just kind of lost them. I, I didn't like the way he played. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't take some shots he should have. He took some. He probably shouldn't have. Two for eight overall, one for six from deep. And missed two free throws. You know what? That's a down stock. And if we give Jay Crowder an up stock, it kind of brings them to exactly the same level, which I think is fair. Based yeah. on what we've seen so far. I, I would agree. Through two games, I think they are on a good footing. So let's do that. So a down stock for Beasley, up stock for Crowder. Then the last order of business, does Pat Connaughton get an up stock? Or do we leave him? I think it's a push, but it was a, I just want to say, cool. an, a positive trend for him after a rough one. I would say... I would call this one of our patented half-stock games. I think if he had another game like this, we'd probably give him one for the trend because I thought both ends, he looked a lot more useful. But I'm also a little concerned, like, just a less athletic Heat team. I still think against athletic teams, the way the Bucks are playing, that's when I want to see him really shine. But you can't take away it was a really nice game for Pat. For sure. And just to sum up, we have Bobby Portis, Jake Crowder, and Cameron Payne up one. And Malik Beasley down one stock. That is correct. And Bally down 15. Yeah. Should I include that in the tweet? Yeah, include that in the tweet. Folks love that. 
And there we go. That's a solid move. And let's talk about the Wisconsin herd roster, Ty, because that did get announced. Really I, know that's what, I know that's what everyone's been waiting for. That's to what hear. the people, they, I mean, they probably do. We, we do have, I'm proud, we have some sickos uh, who listen to the pod, which we've always known. Uh, oh, we've got a request to talk about, check the uh, Bucks channel in the Discord here, Rohan. Uh, Giannis did his whole media availability with the Hulk hands and Hulk mask on. I will say I, I'm glad actually to see this because I, I was thinking before the game when he came in with that stuff on, I was like, you got to Hulk smash the heat, man. Please, please, please don't get meme to death because you wore Hulk stuff and then played poorly. And I think he did. Shout out to Giannis. But that is, that is out, very shout funny. Shout out to Marcus Johnson calling, uh, saying he was doing just as David Banner. Which he by said the way, that that was the name in the TV show in the 70s. It was. Played, yeah. Played by Bill Bixby. Uh, why? Was, why you? You know what his real name is, by the way, in the comics. What? Robert Bruce Banner. Why do you always know these random seventies, like non-essential actors, but then you haven't seen any movie recorded between nineteen eighty and two thousand and ten, or two thousand and eight? I'll say. How is that possible, Rohan? I just I know things. Just very specific things. Yeah. Uh, let yeah, me let me pull out, up this hurt, Ross. R.I.P. to Bill Bixby. Let me just, yeah, uh, sure. I don't don't even know who that is, or if he's dead or alive. But R.I.P. He, he is unfortunately. I'll, I'll trust fast. you. You know, you know everything about this guy. I will trust your your judgment at this. Um, but it, it is fun to see Giannis do the entire presser in the in the Hall cans. I, I Giannis is a lot of money. Don't you think he could get like? Something bigger because he's a I, big dude. Uh, my, I, I, I've seen this theory. I subscribe to it. He just took Liam's to save the. You know, you don't want to go spy a whole nother. We know how Giannis operates. It's just like, oh, you're done with these now. I'll take these. Or maybe Liam. I, I know some communities. And Halloween's tomorrow, right? Tuesday. So as a lot of people are listening to this, maybe, uh, maybe they will be Liam's for then. Also, I want to note John Horst officially cracks 12 in value. If you're not aware on the IPO, we said he is now the average aggregate of the roster because that is his job and coaching staff to make those things strong. So instead of giving him value, he's just the average. So he started at 11.6. He's up to 12.1 rounded basically now. I know Rohan's going to come in here and say, oh, two significant figures. He went from 12 to 12, but... I'm willing to say 11.6 to, to 12. I'm willing to fudge the numbers. The Herd training camp roster. Yeah, let's hear it. Go name by name here. Your Anai, 6'10 center. No idea. No clue. There's a lot of size on this roster, though. Alex Atetokounmpo, still there. Love him. Ibu Baji. So this is a big deal, and I, I feel great about this, but also bad about this. So the Blazers signed a guy no one had ever heard of, and I, at the time – I said, one, uh, let's stop dunking on this guy because this is probably like a top-tier day of his life ever. He just got signed by a team. That's good for him. Two, I know I need to like live life more because as soon as I saw the news that the Blazers signed this random guy, my first thought was, oh, is Ibu Baji available? Apparently, he is. Apparently, old Ty knew something coming. Seven-foot-one raw center, but – intriguing raw center back with the herd not on an exhibit 10 or a two-way just a, a herd deal now for baji i will say marquis bolden uh keep your head on a swivel he he has some competition 
uh, on this roster, as we'll get to. Uh, Bolden's the next one listed. Uh, guard Kaihi Clark is 5'10". I can only imagine. He has a really fun game to watch. I'm not familiar with him. But Wenyan Gabriel, He's friend back, of the baby. pod, is back. 6'9", listed as a forward, has played center for the herd. I think his best position is a 3-4. I don't think he should really play center at the G League or certainly the NBA level. He had, no, I was going to say he has done it at the NBA level. Though. He has, I, but he's – I think he's – what do you mean by done it? He's, he's done it. Like He's actually played center. Well, I think, he, I think he's best as a perimeter defender still though. I would agree with that. Um, but it's just – I thought an interesting name, as interesting as a name on the Herd Camp roster – who's not an Exhibit 10 or two-way, can be in terms of a guy who I think could realistically be a buck by the end of the year. Like his skill set, what he's proven. I mean, he played real run for the Lakers, like what, last season? And for the Blazers, he guarded LeBron in a playoff series. Like a guy who has real tools. I'm not – I'm trying to find out if he is two-way eligible. He does have four technical NBA seasons, which would be tough. But really high on winning Gabriel as an NBA player. So excited to see him back as well. Uh, Jazzy and Gortman, still around. Still got a lot to prove there for, for the Gort. Edward Gray, not familiar. Sounds like a Twilight character, but I'm, I'm sure he's a good player. 6'4 guard, decent size for the G League. Uh, Hassan Gai. So this was the Herd's pick in the first international G League draft, 6'10". So... Uh, not everyone picked in those drafts actually reports. The fact that he's on this training camp roster, though, means we will probably see him. And just to recap, like the G League is a small league. So Yorinai, 6'10", Baji, 7'1". If you count two ways, Marquis Bolden, 6'10", Wenyan Gabriel, 6'9". Guy or Gai, I forget. I'm sorry, I forget how it's pronounced. I'm going to get this tightened up before media day. Also 6'10". And they still have Drew Timmy. As well, that's a lot of six ten. I mean, these guys are going to get poached. These guys do not stick around long. And we saw Baji. I didn't even think he played got that well. Immediately, yeah, like two games. Just oh, he's seven footer who can move. Yeah, we'll we'll take him on a two way. It's just size is such a a, a, a in demand commodity. Yeah, especially at the G League level, like at the NBA level too. Like you, you're just you need these big guys to start guarding these freaking aliens that are in the league now. Yeah, and. Just just being able to, like, just raw size is, is good to have. I'm glad you called it out earlier. I do think Bolden's – and probably – you know, we love Lindell Wigginton. I think Bolden and Lindell have real competition on this roster. I'm not even done yet. I think they have real competition on this roster. I think we're going to see those two ways probably evolve a bit more. I think Ty Ty is safe. I, every, every time we see him, I'm like, oh, I still like what Ty Ty is doing. Uh, a couple of herd returning players, Elijah Hughes – Who's a six foot five, just big George Hill vibes, G League George Hill, and maybe beyond. I Why did George Hill talk on this box? Dude, he's just like, like the consummate. Would love to have that as your seventh, eighth guy. Every you team might, could use might, a George Hill. Yeah, you never, you can't keep George Hill away from the Bucks for long. Iverson Molinar, people Bud's remember. Though, so. I don't know if uh, maybe it's deeper than just Bud. We'll see. Yeah, we will. Iverson Molinar, who was with the Bucks in summer league a couple years ago, explosive, six foot three. I'm gonna put the six foot three in quotes. Six foot three guard. Um, I was gonna say that's a, that, that one's a little. That's a yeah, tough one. I that's you know tough one. not not totally sure so, on that. Apologies to Iverson Molinar, but that's a that's a I'm generous, not gonna put, yeah that's the generous six three. Sam Peak, a six seven guard. Have not heard of fun name. The maybe the most exciting one. 
Glenn Robinson the third. Like the one who he, played in the NBA. Is he, is he, is he little, little Dog? I think I've called him Little Big Dog, which feels less demeaning. <laughs> little Big Dog. That's fair. That is less demeaning than a little dog. Like, I, I hate that, like, GP2 has been called the mitten because it's just. Like, I like the mitten. I think the mitten is good. Why? That's, that's equally as demeaning. Well, no, I think mittens, mittens have their own place. Mittens are not worse than gloves. I guess, I guess I, as an owner of Sophie, I guess little dogs aren't worse than big dogs either. Yeah, there you go. Better but the mitten out. is, Sophie's I think the mitten upset. is good. Sophie's always upset. Uh, a leaf but, blows. Sophie's upset. It's the leaf's fault. Can't upset Sophie. That's true. I'm excited for for GR three though. I really am. I love sure. I love a bounce back story like this. Um, and I think I, I I don't I wouldn't imagine with the Bucks. I mean they we've talked about all the young wings. I don't think that's going to be his NBA spot, which honestly almost makes it better if he is able to play well and, and get a contract somewhere. Just because that is her development. And I, I don't think it's in a way that, you know, I think I would just be happy for him. I don't think I would be super disappointed. I mean, unless he's like amazing, in which case, you know, figure it out. But yeah, it's it's a good opportunity for him to be a part of an orga- organization that he grew up with and just be uh, just be able to showcase and bring himself back to that NBA level. I think it'd be an amazing story. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Tarkey, I was an explosive wing player. Talked about Drew Timmy, Stevie Thompson Jr. Don't know about him, but I love that name. We need more Stevies. Do we? Yeah. Yeah, not yeah. Wow. Nothing nothing wrong with Stevie. Sounds like you think there is. I do not think so. I will not be Stevie Wonder? Stevie from Schitt's Creek? Kind of an undefeated name. I've seen one episode of Schitt's Creek. Oh. Mrs. Eurostep and I went uh, as the Johnny Amoira from Schitt's Creek for Halloween. Fun costume. Yeah. That's why I didn't recognize it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You should watch the show. It's a good show. Yeah. Me and my girlfriend went as the Sleepy Time T-Bear. I do. I did love that one, too. (laughs) I I love the Sleepy Time T-Bear. Have you seen – oh, you're not on TikTok. They do TikToks where, like, the Sleepy Time Bear is, like, a character. And he's just like, I'm ready for bed. And I'm like, yeah, this is good content. I am, too. Almost all the time. Wholesome wholesome content. Uh, And then two more – very familiar, as we mentioned, Ty Ty Washington Jr., Lindell Wigginton. I will say in my, my years covering the herd, I think this is a top-tier training camp roster. We have to see it translate. There's a lot to be done. I mean, There's obviously, a lot of talent on that roster. I don't yeah. know how it's, it's going to fit together. Uh, Benno has a, has a tough task in his yes. first year as a head coach uh, with the Wisconsin herd, but uh, – It'll be interesting to see for sure, and I will be up there. Oh yeah, I think uh, I think the intriguing thing is going to be assuming Glenn Rob plays well and gets picked up, gets sniped from the Bucks or the herd in this case. Who stamps up at wing? Because I think the guards and the centers are pretty established. I think the wing players are going to be you know the real make or break for this team. So a lot of opportunity there for some good players. I mean, we're holding it. You know, six dozen ish sickos still watching, still streaming live through the whole herd roster, through our exciting sleeper segment. I mean, lo- love, appreciate all the listeners, podcast or or live viewership, uh, certainly. But Rohan, is there anything else to discuss? No, I think we're. I think we've pretty much hit everything. I mean, it's 
we're in full swing with the NBA season time. Yeah. Everything's back. It's good to be back. It's good to be here talking Bucks basketball with you it here is. on GSPN. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to this. And thank you for tuning in with us live. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube. Turn on notifications so you don't miss the next time we go live. That's true. Also, I was going to say as well, to piggyback, join the Discord because I always – everyone tag bomb people. So you'll get double notifications. You really won't miss a single live. And I also wanted to mention – Bucks upcoming schedule is actually a big deal on the week calendar this week. They go to Toronto for Adrian Griffin's return on Wednesday. And then back home for the first in-season tournament uh, group stage game against the New York Knickerbockers. And bonus, well, A, little birdie tells me there's going to be a different Bucks podcast active on this feed this week. So be ready for that. But B, if you want even more content, I believe – Pretty positive. Going to be uh, podding up with Andrew Claudio of Nick's Film School. A little preview for the in-season tournament. So I'm not sure if that will be on our feed at all, but it will certainly be on Nick's Film School. Whether you're watching on YouTube or on the podcast, make sure to go check out Nick's Film School. They what do a, great, a great work. Yeah. yeah. Tremendous work. A great crew over there. So definitely, you know, whether to check out little old me or just some great Nick's content. And they're in the Bucks group. So there's going to be some fun in-season tournament battles of one what what you think of the court they didn't see the oh yeah court. someone asked earlier if we talk about the courts i don't think the bucks one is very good but compared to all the other ones i think it's pretty solid they're I like it, it's, a, it's all right it matches their city edition uniforms yeah one first of all i will say i think it is a very very good idea to have unique courts for all of the in-season tournament games. Yeah, they probably should have made them good, but I think the idea yes, itself that's the is issue. <laughs> <laughs> that's I, I that's why I specifically said I like the idea behind it. Yeah, the actual execution of it will need some work because this yeah. is a big swing and a miss. Well, I think you know what would have been good. Some of them are really good. Like the Celtics one is incredible, and it should have been the Bucks one. Well, here's here's the deal. What they should have done is normal hardwood. And then the bold color stripe with oh, less trophies. The three trophies, they stuck on all of them. It's just like gaudy. It looks like looks like a my team court that like an 11-year-old made. But I think if you do the one big stripe with the signet, with the accent color for the jerseys or whatever, you know, fit the mid, uh, in-season. I keep saying mid-season is what it should be. It's technically the in-season tournament. I think one stripe with color or colors from the teams – would have still been distinct enough because you don't really see courts with one big stripe going down the middle, especially with a trophy on it. But doing the double colors, I mean, like the Pelicans one is an affront to God. So, I mean, I'm glad they're embracing like the, the, the new color scheme, but like it's it's not great. No. Like the I think the the Suns one is wild. Where it's just like it's it's purple. I I I like how it looks. I don't know if it's going to translate to an actual. I I love. I don't know. It might be my favorite color, but like I just don't know if it's actually going to like people are going to play basketball on a fully purple court. That is kind of crazy. Yeah, I just and it's going to be NBA basketball, and it's going to be supposedly elevated competition NBA basketball on purple courts. (laughs) I just and it's like full red courts. I love the idea. I love the concept, but like I think it'll be fine. I think it'll, I think be, it'll fine. be fine. I think it will be fine. I I think I agree with your takes that you had tweeted out that it's going to end up being fine. People shouldn't overreact. Oh yeah, every time, any every time anything comes out, it's like oh, it's, it's horrible. And you see them in the last, it's like oh, that's yeah, fine. 
it's fine. It works out. And these people are way smarter at this than we are. So they, yeah. they, they will give them some benefit of the doubt here. But I think it's a great concept. I think it's going to be fine-tuned in the future. I think it's going to work out fine. I think they could have done a lot better. I agree with that. And what, what's the uh, the college team that plays on like an all-blue field? I, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, of. like and, and, and it's like it's, you notice it, but I, uh, it's not – it doesn't like ruin the games. Or I think it's actually kind of fun. I just hope that none of the uh, the colors are too close to the basketball color because that could get a little confusing. But uh, we'll see with some of these, you know, reds and 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 such. But uh, I think it'll turn out fun, and it is a good idea. To tr- I, I like that they're trying to, as you said, distinguish this from just another game. I think they probably are going a little too far, but you know, you do what you can. Also worth noting the every Tuesday and Friday game in the rest of November are group stage games. So the Bucks have four of them. And then if they finish, going to have to be at least three and one in those games to make the knockout round. It's the winner of each group and then the two next best records from groups that didn't win their group. So this next game actually really wild important. Teams. Yeah. yeah, the wild card. So really crucial that the Bucks get off to a strong start and beat the Knicks here on Friday. Boise yeah, State. Thank you, chat. Oh, yeah, it is Boise State. Thank you, chat. But uh, it, 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 is, it is fun to see. It is fun yeah. to see. Uh, I'm excited for this. I know we've said yeah, it me before, too. but I'm excited it gets, for it. Because it's, it's real stakes for this game. If they lose yeah. against the Knicks, they are really behind the eight ball to make the knockout round. And hey, I think Giannis wants a million bucks. I want a million bucks. I'd take a million dollars. Yeah, I'll suit up. I'd take half a million dollars. You could – any fraction, I'll take it. I mean, if, if it's know, just I'll there. I'll take money, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you're offering me money, I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, for most things, I say that. Uh, let's let's caution. Let's caution ourselves here. Let's put a little bit behind this. Wrap it uh, up. I'm, just, I'm trying to save ourselves here. Uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I hope. Uh, I hope this is. They're bringing back the finals court. If they put the trophy on the court, if this is a um, them foreshadowing putting that back on, that would be amazing. They should, yeah. Because that is that they they need to bring that back. They absolutely need to bring that back. But yeah, like I uh, like you said, I'll echo what you said. It's I'm very excited for this in season tournament, um, and we will kick it off. Make sure you check out Nick's Film School. That's that's fun that you're going to be on there. Yeah. We're going to have stuff on this feed coming to you guys very very soon. But yeah, thank you for everyone who stayed with us, tuned in live. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube, uh, turn on notifications so you don't miss the next time we go live. Make sure you subscribe on your podcast platform of choice if you're listening there as well, or do both. Why not? Do both. Um, yeah, do both. Why not? Click the books. books. Yeah, exactly. Uh, check out gspn.info for all of our links, including all of our podcasts, our subsec, our Discord link. Everything is at uh, gspn.info, as well as a link to the Buck stock market, where you can keep track of all the valuations all season long. And uh, Pod Random, we'll talk to you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.